Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Uh, We saw last week uh, Jeremiah uh, pouring out uh, lament for himself. Uh, and for the people of Israel following the, the Babylonian defeat of Jerusalem, that's the context. And, and he's really pouring it out, isn't he? I mean, we, we heard it in those verses. Uh, verses 4 and 5, he says, It feels to him like the Lord is, has made his skin and his flesh grow old. As if not only the city, but also he himself has been besieged, he says, surrounded with bitterness and hardship. In verses 10 and 11, he says it it seems like God is acting towards him like a a hungry bear or a lion. In verses 12 and 13, as if God has taken direct aim at him, is firing arrows at him. And it's worth remembering that this is one of God's people speaking. His language shows us that that God is big enough for us to pour out our hearts to him. uh, Even to say to him that it feels like he's treating us harshly. Actually, also, if you're sort of looking in on the Christian faith, it's an honest faith. We can be honest with God. Spiritual resources here that enable us to face a broken world. Now, what Jeremiah says here, that it feels like God is is treating him in this way, it doesn't mean that's actually true. God is not actually mistreating Jeremiah. We're going to see that soon enough. But that's how it feels to him. And that's just helpful for us to see. It is possible for a genuine Christian believer to think and to say these kind of things to God. So if you're struggling to, uh, right now, you can talk to God. He's ready. Uh, more than that, he's, he welcomes you coming to him. Well, perhaps the most troubling expressions come in verses 6 and 8. Do, with me, do look with me, verses 6 to 8. Jeremiah writes, He has made me dwell in darkness. Like those long dead, he has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. You see, Jeremiah is suffering so intense, he feels as if he's dead even while he lives. And then comes verse 8. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He'd been trying to call out to God, but it feels as if there's no answer, as if his prayers simply aren't getting through. Again, that isn't true, but it's how it feels to him, and that is bad enough. If you've ever felt like that, I want to say to you this morning, you're not on your own. If you're feeling like that this morning, you're not on your own. I've been there as well. Many people have been there in that place of finding it hard, maybe even to pray a few words. Just look at the inner turmoil he's arrived at in verse 17. He says, I've been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone. And all that I had hoped from the Lord, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. 
I wonder as you look at those, those verses, if there's anything that resonates with you. Or maybe there's something there that reminds you of the experience of, of a brother or sister that you know who's, who's struggling. Well, if you've got your eye on verse 20, just have your eye there, the rawness of that experience. Well, it makes Jeremiah's next words all the more remarkable. These are going to be the most familiar words from a largely unfamiliar book. Uh, they're the kind of words you might see sort of printed on a tea towel or on a fridge magnet. Uh, but they're much more than sort of nice sounding words. These are the words. Listen with me. They're the words of a man rediscovering the goodness and the grace of God right in the middle of his struggle. Notice how the preciousness of God shines out through these verses. Verse 21, as Jeremiah speaks these words to himself. He writes, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you notice what's happening in Jeremiah's heart and mind, in his soul? A mind and soul that was dominated by his sufferings is now rediscovering the faithfulness of God. Notice he chooses to call to mind the things that he knows to be true about God. And notice with me, this is really important. Jeremiah's outward circumstances, they don't change between verse 20 the end of verse 20, my soul is downcast within me, and the start of verse 21, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. It's not that the circumstances have changed and therefore he says what he says next. No, the circumstances are the same, but a very profound and a wonderful thing is happening in his soul. He's reminded of, of his God, the God whose compassions never fail, the God of unending faithfulness. See what's happening? He's beginning to, as it were, talk to himself about God's faithfulness. One of the things I hadn't expected to, to discover about getting married was just how much I talk to myself. Uh, not always out loud for me, uh, but, um, but normally in my mind. So I will, I will start a thought, I'll say something to Claire, and she'll look at me with this just a completely blank expression. What I've said makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to her because I've started the conversation halfway through my own thoughts. So I haven't told her everything that led up to that comment. She's very patient with me in that. But, but I wonder if any of you are like me in that or, or if you ever talk to yourself uh, in any way. Seriously, though, talking to ourselves uh, in the midst of our struggles is actually really important and helpful. And that's what Jeremiah's doing in, the, in these words. Just notice with me some of the things he tells himself. Verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He reminds himself that God was faithful in his life. If you want to see a wonderfully encouraging and moving testimony of God's faithfulness, uh, Sue, who, who comes to our evening service, she shared... Uh, a very raw and honest but wonderful testimony. Uh, back on the 17th of September, uh, you can watch that back on our, on our YouTube channel. Uh, that would be a wonderful thing uh, to see an example of God's faithfulness. 
Her story, by the way, is also just a really wonderful example of uh, the love that she received within the church family and just an encouragement, inspiration to us for the kind of love that we can show uh, one another when we're struggling. So do check that out from the 17th of September. So Jeremiah says those things to himself in verses 23, uh, 22 and 23. Just notice two other truths as well that he encounters uh, in the verses that follow. Verse 24, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. And then verse 33, God does not willingly bring grief or affliction to anyone. Do you hear the encounter going on between, in Jeremiah's soul between himself and his God? You are my portion, he says, as it were. You're the promise-making, promise-keeping God. That's what God's steadfast love and faithfulness means. You're still with me. It's like he's saying, I know, God, there are loving purposes that you're accomplishing in this suffering. I don't know what they are, but I know that you're good. I know that your heart towards me is good. That was Jeremiah's experience. And that can be our experience as well. Even in the midst of our struggles, as we begin to see the faithfulness of God in our lives. That's certainly been my experience. I mentioned last week some periods of depression. And back when I was 20, I came across this quote when I was in one of those seasons of depression. uh, uh, From a book by the the old preacher, Martin Lloyd-Jones. And the truth of these words has stuck with me ever since. Here's what he writes. Have you realized... That much of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. So take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You've not originated them, but they're there talking to you. And they bring back the problems of yesterday. Someone's talking. Who's talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now listen to the psalmist in Psalm 42. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why are you downcast, my soul, he asks. His soul has been depressing him, crushing him. So he stands up and says, self, listen for a moment and I'll speak to you. Let me just read that first sentence again. Have you realized that much of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. And I wonder, where are you listening to yourself at the moment? Like right now, I mean, what kind of narrative in your mind did you bring with you into this service? Here are some things that that might be in some of our minds. Maybe you, you doubt God's love for you. Or maybe you're, you're carrying the weight of, of really big anxieties. Or maybe you're feeling guilty. Or whatever you're facing right now in this moment is an opportunity to stop only listening to yourself and to start talking to yourself. To start hearing the Lord's words for you. So maybe if you've been listening to yourself, you've been wondering, does God really still love me? As I go through this trial, does he really still love me? Well, I want us to hear the living God speaking to us, as it were, right now, saying, my compassions for you never fail. My love for you can never run out. My love for you has not run out. In those moments when you doubt it, you can remember, I sent my one and only son for you.
He died for you. He died for you on that cross so that you might be forgiven, so that you might enjoy life with me forever, so that you might enjoy my presence with you all the time. So in this moment, in this very moment of your life, my son's death for you is the pledge of my unending love for you. Right now, in every season of your life, I love you more than you could ever fully comprehend. By the way, if this idea that God, God loves us enough uh, to send his son for us is new for you, uh, why not investigate that further? You can come any week. You're so welcome with us. Uh, we would love to help you explore the good news of Jesus. And a great place to, to start with that is just to read one of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, that speak of Jesus' life and all he's done. So it might be that you're, you're doubting God's love. Or it might be for you at the moment, it's the anxieties that just feel overwhelming. Remember, as we've said, it's, it's really helpful to talk about those trusted brothers and sisters in the church family uh, with the Lord. And if they're really debilitating, it's good to approach a medical professional as well. So please don't mishear what I'm about to say. It's not some kind of magic bullet. I'm not trying to say that. But I do want us to hear these words to, uh, from our Father God to us. 1 Peter chapter 5 Verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So maybe hear the living God saying to you right now, cast all your anxieties on me because I care for you. I care for you again so much that I sent my one and only son for you. You can trust me. You really can bring all those anxieties to me. I'm a loving Heavenly Father. I care for you. So talk to me about them. They're too big for you to bear on your own. So bring them to me. Leave them with me. Or maybe for you, it's the burden of, of guilt that you're carrying around with you. Or for you too, in this moment, you can hear the Lord's love for you. Here are a couple of favorite Bible verses of mine when I'm finding it hard to shake off those feelings of guilt. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or John six thirty-seven. The Lord Jesus said, all, the, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So here, God, your father, if you're feeling guilty, say to you right now, there is right now no condemnation for you because you've trusted my son right now in this moment. You cannot alter my love for you. I will never drive you away from me. You are my loved and forgiven child. In this very moment, I'm for you. In this very moment, I love you. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Great is your faithfulness. When we hit rock bottom, what we need most is not an outward change in our circumstances. What we need, like Jeremiah, is to encounter afresh 
God's faithfulness. The truth that he is still God, still in control, still merciful each day, new mercies every day, new grace every day. That even when everything else in life seems up in the air, God is still with us. God is enough for us. And that one day all our sorrows will will end as we delight in God's presence for all eternity, as he wipes away every tear from our eyes. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.